You found it. No nonsense. No scripts. Real people on real issues. Hard hitting and action packed with logic, reason, and common sense. Everything you need and everything you've been looking for in a podcast. This is Dynamic Independence with Johnny Anderson, Bruce Adams, Marty Foster, and GP. Welcome to it. Happy Monday, Bruce. How are you? Well, welcome to life. I wish I could say the same. No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm healthy. I'm alive. I'm just exhausted. I'm just. I'm just tired. You can see it in my face. I'm actually. I'm just. I'm just tired. And mm-hmm. I really. I'm just not with it today. I was this morning. And you know how you you wake up after you didn't get a whole bunch of sleep. You wake up and you're like, all right, I can fight through this. That's fine. And then about four thirty or five o'clock, you just die. Like you, you just hit a wall. Yeah. You, you lose all energy and everything, and it's just... But let's get into some some wildfires, shall we? Now, these are these are clearly, clearly signs of man-made climate change, right? Clearly, that's what they are. Are yeah. they? I actually saw videos of the ferries that were evacuating people that lived on some of the Greek isles. They were being pulled away because there's nowhere for them to go. The isles are being burned out. Uh, funny enough, they actually arrested a couple of yahoos down there with some gas cans and some torches. So much for man-made. That really didn't make the news anywhere. That was reported by a couple of outlets, and that was really about it. Because, well, no, we can't we can't be seen as the one starting it if we're going to tout the climate change agenda, can we? They're calling it... Man-made. It's <laughs> still man-made. They are touting it as a, quote, biblical catastrophe. When a couple of arsonists, who were probably paid to do it, I might add, you can't seriously tell me that all these acreages around the world are being burned out by accident or or freak lightning strikes. You can't tell me that. I'm, the other thing I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with is biblical proportions. Um, maybe they're not familiar with the Bible, but uh, the, the things that will happen is uh, there's actually flooding. Well, we have flooding, just not on a global scale. Yeah. Well, it, it won't. It, so there's not going to be another global flooding, but there's a instance, uh, basically the Bible for our time. The only thing that's talked about for crazy disasters is, um, I guess there is hellfire that rains down. Um, it, it's tribulation stuff, you know, the seals, the the trumpets, you know, all that stuff that time. Yeah. And there's also hear- flooding from in the Middle East. And, I did hear yeah. a reference. Yeah, I did hear a reference today, though, oddly enough. Four horsemen of the apocalypse, right? Mm-hmm. How many jabs are there? Uh, interesting. Uh-huh. Yeah. I heard that today and I thought, huh, that's that's interesting. Wildfires rampaged through Greek forests for yet another day on Saturday, threatening homes and triggering more evacuations a day after hundreds of people were plucked off of their beaches by ferries in a dramatic overnight rescue. I actually saw some people that were literally laying on the sun layers on the beach as a fairy is like pulling up, right? They're just out there tan and they're like reading books and, you know, reading newspapers and stuff. And here comes a boat to pull them off the beach. See, climate change is so bad there. It's just, it happens so fast that people just don't see it coming. That's true. That's true. I mean, you do have those problems. It's still man-made climate change. It's just not the same thing they're touting. <laughs> It's, I mean, it was still arson. They're help. They're enhancing it. That's what they're they're they're, enha- yeah. they're giving it an enhancement. <laughs> they're, enhancing it. <laughs> they're enhancing it. I can't get over that. The whole weekend, I was thinking enhancement. Are you serious? Enhancement. <laughs> A local official in the Mani region of the 
Plaponese, Plaponese, I'm I'm not sure. I don't, don't, sorry. Uh, Estimated that the wildfire there had destroyed around 70% of the entire area. It's a biblical catastrophe. We are talking about three quarters of the municipality. I mean, I think I know what they mean. It's just, it's bad. Uh But yeah. Yeah. I did see that uh, the Egyptians, the Spanish, and the Swiss are actually jumping in to all go help the Greeks handle that problem. I mean, they have resources and they're really not like the Egyptians, the Spanish, and the Swiss aren't really dealing with any wildfires at the moment. And every other country seems to be dealing with something. So the ones that have extra resources right now are actually sending it. Even non-EU countries. How's that? Yeah. You've got the one EU country that's bankrupt, has been bankrupted by the euro. You have another EU country that's offering aid that wants to leave the EU. You have a non-EU country that is in Europe that just walked away after 11 years of talks with the EU. And you have one that's not even a, a European country at all. Don't you find that interesting? Yeah, just a bit. Just a little bit. All right. Yeah. Wildfires. That's yeah, that is some crazy stuff. I mean, I did see a lot of a lot of photos and things, you know, the sky's orange and everything. And yeah, it's just it's 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 pretty bad. We've got our own fires here in the U.S. as well. Um, That's true. Up towards Oregon. Uh, They've got some California as well. Uh, They got some major fires over there. Like California. That's just like I mean, that that place is just being cleansed. You know, they they just need to get everything, you know, cleaned out, you know, (laughs) finally and, you know, get that place like that's the great reset for California is just get all that. You know, that stuff out of there. Yeah. By the way, uh, six of the 11 county supervisors, I believe it was in Sacramento, were handed notices of recall this morning to their homes. Anyway, Bruce, did you get invited to the big party over the weekend? Um, No, I didn't get invited to any big parties over the weekend. You didn't get invited Mm -hmm. to the party? I mean, everybody was gone. I mean, I know that they scaled it back some because of the Delta variant, you see, you know, COVID. Mm -hmm. They they Mm -hmm. had to scale Mm -hmm. it back a little bit. Uh, but you, you didn't get invited to the big party. I mean, the who's who were there. You didn't get invited. No, no, I didn't get invited. Oh, well, I thought for sure you would have been there. Uh, Barack Obama had his uh, 60th birthday party. And I mean, some of the who's who, I mean, they, they were there. People, and I know what you're going to say, right? With big names like this, right? How can you hold back? Stephen Colbert. Yeah, he was he was a guest. Uh, Don Chalade Ch- or whatever, whatever, whoever the actor is. I don't know. I don't even know how you pronounce his name. Uh, he was there. Chrissy Teigen was there. Yeah. And her husband, John Legend, he was there. Uh, John Kerry. In fact, John Kerry was there. And you know, John Kerry. Now, this is really important because he's the climate czar for the Biden administration. He, you know, he's an important man. He was there and uh, he took his private jet to get to the party at Martha's Vineyard in the $12 million mansion uh, right there on the, you know, on, on the on the water there. Uh, fl- flew his private jet, you know, because he cares about the climate, you see. He, he cares about that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, to, to do what he does, he has but, to have a jet, you see. Well, that's true. But but in his defense, uh, the State Department has denied that John Kerry actually took his own private jet to the to the party. Oh. So they Yeah, they, they've denied that. Um, that makes it any better because that means he then took a government. Yeah. Yeah. Secretary Kerry, this is a, this is a statement from the, uh, the State Department on the matter. Although reports claimed that Kerry flew privately to Obama's Saturday evening get together, uh, which was scaled back, of course, you know, scaled back because of concerns of the, you know, the, the Delta band. It was scaled back. Uh, a State Department representative told the Washington Examiner that, well, he lives there, John Kerry. He, he lives there and he traveled via ferry, but he didn't even go to the party. He, he didn't go. Okay. Hmm. 
Except so, uh, we, we have photographs, though. Did, well, did you, I mean, it was reported that he was there. Yeah, by the by the press. It, I mean, he was he was there. I'm, yeah. And I'm, I'm quoting here. Secretary Kerry lives on Martha's Vineyard. He did not travel there for a party. He took a ferry to Martha's Vineyard. He did not fly commercial or private. So how did he get there? Wait, 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 wait. They just said he didn't go there. He traveled like he didn't go to the party. He, he didn't go there. to the party, but he, he lives there. Yeah, but he took yeah. a ferry, but he didn't he didn't take a commercial plane or a private plane to get there. Right. So how did he get there? It's a good question. But then they just double they double spoke and said he didn't go. But yet he took a ferry to Martha's Vineyard. Well, I mean, clearly he's just going home. But if he's just going home, he's just down the street from where the Obamas mm-hmm. are. So why not attend the mm-hmm. party? Yeah, you, sure. You why don't not? have a good excuse not to go. Yeah. So how did he get there to take the ferry to get there? Well, see, he's in government. You know, he's he's an important person. Obama had tons of people. This is according to Jack Posobiec. Obama has just had tons of people at his party. Maskless, no vaccine mandate. They are laughing at you. And you better believe that they are. They're out there schmoozing and dancing and doing everything else and having big lavish parties while you're too busy trying to figure out how you're going to navigate this mess. The photo is from a cocktail party held as part of Obama's 60th birthday celebration on Friday night at the Winnetou Resort, sorry, uh, which is a swanky resort just down the road. See, they didn't even have it at his place. It was a big resort that they rented out down the road. Uh, On Saturday, the main event uh, was about to be underway on the ground of... The Obama family home, right? It was only a twelve million dollar mansion, though. That's that's all it was. It was just a twelve million dollar mansion. I mean, I'm, you know, they they could have bought one for fifty or a hundred, even, you know. But I mean, it was only a twelve million dollar because he's, you know, he's down with the people. You see, he's he's down he's right, for right. the downtrodden masses. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Because I've, I've got multiple uh, twelve million dollar mansions. You do. You, you do. Know. Okay. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. I've only mm-hmm. got a couple myself, mm-hmm. but I mean, I I was thinking yeah, yeah. about upgrading a little bit, you know, I, I but I just decided mm-hmm. against it. Yeah. You know? uh, yeah. He's down with the people. He is. Yeah. Uh, I'm surprised AOC wasn't there, to be honest with you. And the whole squad. I mean, they, they would have been, you know, they, they would have been there hanging out at the buffet table, you know, everything. Uh, the Saturday I'm, party. I'm not surprised, actually, because I don't think AOC's in with the. Um, good point. Uh, good point. Circle jerk, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good point. Uh, the Saturday party was said to have been, quote, scaled back. Yeah. But the uh, the preparations for it were uh, pretty massive. I mean, four big, massive circus tents. I mean, <laughs> that's accurate. <laughs> that is a circus like that. That is a circus tent. Yeah. Did you see some of those people there? Goodness gracious. The one woman, I don't know who it was, whatever her name was, the, the crazy look like something that fell out of like a dystopian Egypt or something. She puts a video up of Obama on the dance floor and then deleted it a couple hours later because of all the backlash that was coming in for it. Huge tents and dance floors can be seen being erected in preparation for the event, which at the end, the public is not sure how many people will actually attend it, which that's a good point. We didn't actually get a we didn't get a count. They did say it was scaled Mm -hmm. back, but they didn't say how much they scaled it back by. What, 10, (laughs) 5? What was it? I mean, even if, if even if one person canceled, technically you you scaled it back. Yeah, that's true. The island's airport has seen between Friday and Saturday an elevated level of activity as Obama's celebrity friends, right? They arrive from all over the place with with their private jets and their helicopters because they care about the climate, you know. I mean, these these are the climate advocates. These are the ones that are advocating for vaccine mandates and vaccine passports and masking of your children and everything else that goes along with it. 
You can't go into a gym. You can't go into a restaurant. You can't go into a, a supermarket without these things. But see, they can do all this stuff. You can't have a barbecue with your family. You can't have a birthday party for your kids because you might kill grandma, but they can do all of this. It's perfectly fine. Speaking of advocates for things, did you know, do you know a guy named um, uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci? Have you ever heard of him? Uh, you know, once or twice. Uh, once yeah. or twice. Not quite sure who he is. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, he has said that uh, the Sturgis bike rally, that's coming back around this time because the last one killed how many how many millions of people? Yeah. I mean, that that's why we have the Delta variant, right? Right, right. He's just come out and said it now. Fauci said that the Sturgis bike rally this year will likely cause a COVID surge and that public health should supersede your freedoms. <laughs> you know, I... I want to know who he consulted on this. Did he, did he talk to um, anybody well, in particular this, about our constitutional yeah, rights? Well, no, I'm, I'm sure that he consulted the CDC because they seem to be running everything nowadays. As a matter of fact, over the weekend, and I'm sure that this is not a problem. I'm sure that this is just coincidence. But the director of the CDC, Rochelle Walensky, her husband actually received $5 million in government contracts prior to her appointment as the director of the CDC. I'm sure that that's not a problem or anything. And she just happened to not mention that to the Senate when she was in the process of being confirmed. Huh. One would think that that would be kind of important to mention yeah. if you're going to be appointed as the head of a major government body like that. Anyway, I'm, I'm sure it's got nothing to do with anything. All right, I have Dr. Anthony Fauci here on the Sturgis bike rally. Before it becomes even worse. Uh, we, you've brought up uh, regionally the South, but out uh, in the plains, in the Great Plains, we have Sturgis, South Dakota. There's going to be a, there's a gathering right now of some 700,000 people. Last year, it was a smaller turnout, and it was over about 150,000 people, and it and it led to a massive outbreak in the Dakotas, where they became number one and number two uh, for essentially the rest oh, of the calendar oh, year of they cases. Shut what down. do you expect this rally to do to that part of the country? Well, I'm very concerned, Chuck, that we're going to see another surge related to that rally. I mean, to me, it, it's 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 understandable that people want to do the kinds of things they want to do. They want their freedom to do that. But there comes a time when you're dealing with a public health crisis that could involve you, your family and everyone else, uh -huh. that something supersedes that need to do exactly what you want to do. I mean, you're going to ultimately be able to do that in the future future, but let's get this pandemic under control before we start acting like nothing is going on. I mean, something bad is going on. I mean, we've got to oh, realize that. Yes, there is. Oh, yes, um, there is. I realize Vaccine it. mandates. We know the government isn't going to do vaccine mandates, but um, are you going to attempt to create the conditions to allow um, private businesses and other entities to do vaccine mandates. Um, is, is that sort of the next phase of what the of what the federal response can do? Absolutely, Chuck. As you know, oh. and I've said it several times on your show, that you're not going to see a federally from the federal government mandating vaccines you're, for the country. You're gonna, you're gonna but I'll, I, I'm almost certain, in fact, I am certain that as soon as the FDA fully approves the vaccines that are now and, and under emergency that? use when is that? You know, Chuck, I no one wants to get ahead of the FDA because they're an independent group that makes their 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 decisions. And that's good in many respects, because uh -huh. there yeah. will never be any concern that we're influencing them. But I hope, <laughs> I hope I don't predict, but I hope that it will be within the next few weeks. 
You know what's funny about that? Bill Gates said nearly the same thing. Do you remember when he said that? The FDA, not being pressured, will have Mm -hmm. to look at this long and hard and then make a decision. Isn't that almost what he just said? Just about the same way? Yeah. Yeah. His his own take on the same thing. Yeah. Uh Interesting there. Um, Fauci, here in the United States, when you have politicians, elected officials and non-elected officials, bureaucrats come in and start saying that, you know, those freedoms that you have, those those, you know, those just insignificant ones that um, the Constitution grants you, you know, like First Amendment, Second Amendment, you know, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Those we have to put those aside for a time. You know what we call those kind of people? Tyrants. Um, do you know what systems we have in place to protect us against tyrants? Yes, I know. Yeah, I, I don't think he remembers, though. I think he knows. He's just not saying it because, well, he did make his stance on that clear at one point in time. He did say that gun violence in America was a public health crisis. True. He did say that. He did say that, which would allow the CDC to come in and take your guns. That's what that means. Anyway, on over to France. A lot of protests in France this weekend. Of course, still not in the mainstream media, not so much as a peep about what's going on. This is Italy yesterday. Right. I know I said France, but this is Italy last night. Right. Bruce, does that look like I mean, just a couple of people, J- just a couple? Um, well, I would I would say a, a few are out there. Yes. But I'm also being facetious and that that's me as a person. Um, uh-huh. That is quite a few people there. Quite a few. OK, this um, is also this is Padova yesterday uh, as well. That's, again, just just a couple of people, you know, not not too yeah. many, not not too many. This is Turin yesterday. Again, you know, just a couple of people. Nothing in the mainstream media about any of this. They want this to go away. They don't want anybody out there in the streets. They don't want anybody protesting what they're trying to do. They're ignoring it. That should speak volumes. And these are getting bigger. This is Milan yesterday. Again, Italy. Are you seeing anything in the mainstream media about this? No. Nothing. Nothing here. Absolutely nothing. This is Marseille yesterday. Again, just a few people. Just a few. Mm -hmm. You know, last week we heard about... Uh, 150,000 people across 150 cities in France, which was complete bull. This is Nice yesterday. Again, just a couple of people, right? Just a couple, not not too many. Now, do you think that they have a vested interest in ignoring this and wanting it to go away? Because I think so. We're talking here about, you could argue at this point with the numbers I'm sitting here showing, you can't say hundreds of thousands anymore. Now we're into the millions. They're getting bigger. They're getting bigger. Every single one of these videos that I'm sitting here, and I know you as the listener can't see this. However, if you're subscribed to our Telegram page, they get posted up there. These crowds of people out in the streets that are peaceful, by the way, go on for as far as the eye can see. Hell, the cameras can't catch it all. Paris yesterday as well, right? Paris was on fire yesterday. It was packed to the brim. Berlin, Germany as well. This was going on. Nothing in the mainstream media here about it. Nothing. They've made all the protests illegal in Berlin. You would think that you'd want to see hundreds of thousands of lawbreakers being paraded around on TV, wouldn't you? Nothing. Not a word. Police lines getting walked back in Paris. I don't see any of these people fighting the police, do you? I I don't see any of those businesses down the sides of the roads there getting smashed out, do you? I don't see these people fighting each other in the crowds, do you? Actually... I seen one of the yellow vests walking. Uh, they had police walking alongside the protesters there. Kind of almost looks like they're trying to corral the protesters. But uh, uh-huh. one of the yellow vests were talking to the law enforcement officer yeah. as they were walking down there. Yeah. Paris yesterday. Again, nothing. Do you know, 10 years ago, I remember the French 
staged a walkout for their public transport, right? They went on strike. They staged a walkout because they were concerned about not getting their four and a half percent annual raise. So they did a strike of all their public transport across France, paralyzed the country. And you know what? There was nonstop mainstream media coverage of that. Nonstop. Over public transport workers walking out, it, the, of the public transport union walking out, not being able... And now, mind you, the transport was still running. They bring in what they call scabs, you know, the, the people to private mm-hmm. contractors come in and operate the stuff. And it's going to cause some problems. It's going to cause some delays and disruptions and what have you. But you still get the system running, albeit on a skeleton basis. You can't go as far as, you know, the next station where you want to go sometimes, whatever, because the unions will actually have it stopped. But there was nonstop coverage of that. There's nothing about this. And this is 10 times, 20 times, 30 times, 100 times the size of that. And the countries are being paralyzed economically by the same people that are claiming that, oh, this is for your own good. Bordeaux, yesterday. Again, do you see any violence? No? No violence? No, no violence. No violence? More from Bordeaux. Just a couple, you know, just a couple. And the mainstream media was literally saying in the beginning, right, in the morning yesterday, you saw a couple of news outlets like Reuters and a few others. A couple of hundred people showed up. A couple of hundred people are, are showing up downtown. That's where they gathered at the starting point. Safe to say there's more than a couple of hundred. Yeah. The French people are very slow to anger. But once you wake them up, just like the Americans, once you wake them up, they will not stop until the job is finished. Now, I see a lot of yellow vests in there, don't you? Yeah. I don't see any violence. I don't see any burning of anything. I don't see any of those businesses or those apartment buildings on the sides of the roads there. I don't see those being smashed out. Those are expensive places. In Paris, mm-hmm. to live there? Are you kidding me? Bikers. They held a bike rally in protest against COVID-19 in Bordeaux yesterday as well. Bruce, you see just a couple of mopeds there? Is that all you see? <laughs> a couple, <laughs> couple of mopeds, you know, that was about it. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Uh, a couple's just getting started. A couple thousand, maybe. All those go on and on and on. It's safe to say that the ideas that are being put forth for this COVID passport, it's safe to say that these things are not working out. That's why they're doubling down. And they're doubling down again and again and again, because these are getting larger. These protests are getting larger. You can clearly see that. We're watching them every day. And each week they're getting bigger. Now here's the real problem. This is the real problem that they don't want to admit. First of all, they have to acknowledge that these things are actually happening. That's the first thing. The second thing they have to acknowledge is here's what's happening in France right now that no one wants to talk about. I actually heard one of the organizers of one of the protests on a podcast the other day, and they said the groups of people that they're starting to see join their ranks and get in there and and be peaceful and, and unify with them are the people that have been vaccinated because now they're being told they're going to have to take a third one. And they're not allowed to go back to normal life as they were promised. No. And that's that's the other argument right there is, wait a minute, we did all these things and we still have to wear masks. We still have to social distance. We're still going to have to to lock down. And people are now going to be shut out of society. I I can't have dinner with uh, my friend over here because what, he can't come into this restaurant or she can't come into this restaurant because they decide that they don't want to do that to themselves? What about the people that have a medical exemption? See, they don't care about that. They don't care about that. The people that have already had it, they don't care about that. Those people are now going to be shut out from society. The ones that have kids that have exemptions, they're now going to be shut out and segregated from society? Do you see what this is causing? This happened before in history, where they were going after, uh, shall we say, genetically deficient individuals. Yeah. But still, 
either way, this is not going to continue for much longer. You remember I said about a year ago, I said, now, when I say a year ago, when I say not so much longer, you have to remember, what is a year now? It's a blink of an eye in the grand scheme of things. World War II went on for 10 years. 10 years. I can't see this one taking any less time. Perhaps, maybe a little less time, depending on how hard we push it and where we can gain ground and where we can get setbacks and, and whatnot. But what I can say right now is we need a victory. We need some kind of a victory. Now, I'm not saying that that's going to be the end of it. That's not going to be the be all end all, because remember, these people are all in. But we need a victory, even if it's a small one. And these movements in the streets, the peaceful movements, that's it. There was a gentleman that we watched who was interviewed uh a couple of weeks ago, one of the protests in London, and he was asked about the protests. And he says, well, the question to him by the, the interviewer was, what are your thoughts about these protests? You're joining the protests. This is your first time out. And he says, yes, this is my first time out. He says, I've been watching what's going on for over a year. He says, but what are we doing? We're hearing all the nice talk from all the celebrities and the, the people that go up there and grab the microphone and give the speeches and everything else. But what are we actually doing? Why don't we have a group of whatever town police on our side to actually stop traffic peacefully and make a statement? I said last year that when the protest started, I said, that's nice. That That's really nice and all. But I understand how these things work. I, and I'm not I'm not some kind of a genius or something. It's just I'm going based off of history. These elites or, or people that are running these corporations or, or whatever, whatever you want to call them, I, I don't care. I, I call them a group of sick occultists behind the scenes because that's what's fueling all this. But you have to understand something. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter if you do exactly what they say. It doesn't matter if you go out there and you protest in the streets. Either way, they're not going to hear you. Either way, they are stuck in a feedback loop of this circular whatever, this this insanity. They're set in their ways. They're not moving. You can protest from now until a decade from now. The same way you're doing, you could make those protests 10 times larger and you could stand at the feet of these institutions where they reside and they will not hear you. I'm not saying go to violence. That's not what I'm saying. I've never said that. What I'm saying is, is that you're going to have to do something that is going to get their attention because right now this is not doing it. The French have a clear message. We don't want your health pass. They're chanting liberté means freedom, liberty whatever you want to call it. We adapted that into liberty in the English language. The Italians are saying no green pass. They're literally saying no green pass because that's what they're calling it down there is a green pass. And it's similar. Every country you go to, you know, they're not interested in, in any of this. And, you know, it's it's not the minority of screeching people, as Apple would have you say. This is the silent majority. You see, the gentleman that was in the streets last week or two weeks ago, however long ago it's been, I don't know, all this stuff runs together. But when he was saying that was his first time out, how many other people are having their first time out when they go to this? Of course, it turned a little dark. Yeah, later on, you know, the usual as the day went on, the French police started walloping on the protesters and, you know, hitting them with pepper spray for no reason, you know, throwing tear gas at them and all the rest of it. That's just par for the course. That's where they are now. But that's not going to deter people. You can turn water cannons on them. You can you can hit them with nightsticks. You can you can hit them in, with pepper spray and tear gas. All that's going to do is anger them more. Klaus Schwab said that, well, we're going to be looking at an angry world going forward. That's right, Klaus, because you're making it that way. It's not organically going that direction. You are cutting people off from everyday life. You're taking away people's civil rights and asking them to give up informed consent for the sake of those civil rights. 
that's not right. Our former generations, our grandparents' generations fought trash like you so we wouldn't have to live like this and hear pieces of garbage like you make statements like that. So the French don't want your health pass. The Germans don't want it. The Italians don't want it. The British don't want it. The Americans don't want it. The Canadians don't want it. The Australians don't want it. The Dutch don't want it. You're running out of countries and you're running out of countries real fast, son. Protesters marched across cities in France on Saturday for a fourth consecutive weekend. It's actually been for, an, for a consecutive year uh, of demonstrations denouncing what they see as listen to listen to Reuters. Right. Reuters is one of the organizations we were talking about that got the Chinese Communist Party enhancement. Yeah. One of those mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. denouncing what they see as oppressive rules, compelling health workers to get COVID-19 shots and citizens to have a health pass for many daily activities, denouncing what they see as oppressive. You hear this? You hear this? See, you don't catch any of the images. If they do show any of these images on the television, on the mainstream media, it's the images of after the police start thumping on the protesters, start hitting them with tear gas. That's what you see. You don't catch any of the early morning stuff where they're actually marching with the police, talking with them, laughing with them, carrying on with them. You don't get any of that. Protesters also rally through the streets of Paris, Nice, Montpellier, and other towns waving placards, reading no dictatorship, and chanting Macron, we don't want your health pass. Might be a good idea to listen to them. You know, the French people have a a history of handing down justice to the government employees that try to stomp all over them. You might want to listen to them. They were building these contraptions a couple of weeks ago in Paris. <laughs> you might want to listen to them. Just saying. Yeah. Looked a little serious of what they were building. Uh-huh. And they were doing it with a smile on their face. Yeah. Okay. So that's really about all I had today. I did have one other thing. Uh, it's not COVID related, uh, but it is related to Antifa. Now, I know you had, a, uh, you had something you wanted to weigh in on this. Antifa assaulted a bunch of families and a bunch of, well, they had a bunch of kids with them uh, at a Christian prayer event in Portland Park. And they they say that, well, they um, they broke up a, uh, a right-wing extremists rally or, or something like that. A Christian prayer group is basically, they went in and they, and they just started stomping on people that were praying in, in a park, you know, families and children. Well, to the right-wing extremist group, that is actually out of our own government. Um, the, uh, DOD had a, um, PowerPoint, uh, year, I don't know, sometime this year, earlier this year, I believe. Um, and I went over that and looked through it and lo and behold, Christians are considered extremists, um, right-wing extremists. Um, but in the Christian religion, it's taught that, um, you're, you're supposed to turn the other cheek when it comes to your being, um, persecuted and whatnot for your beliefs. Which, by the way, a, a, a side note on that, something else, uh, the Bible also tells you to dust, uh, kick the dust off your feet and leave that location and move on to a different one. You know, like if you're a minister or something ministering to a town and they persecute you, you basically leave them to their fate and move to the next town. That's kind of a judgment thing. But anyway, in this um, case, in this case, it's funny you say that, because in this case, one of the people that were speaking at that event was the pastor from... Uh, Calgary, Arthur Palowski, you know, the, the one that ran the, the cops out of the church, calling them Nazis and mm-hmm. fascists and you know, that one. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was speaking at this. Yeah, clearly that's a right wing extremist because he's uh, against the government. But it's also taught in the uh, in Christianity that you're, you're supposed to turn the other cheek when you're being persecuted um, and not to retaliate when it's persecution for your religion. Um, I would probably have to repent after this kind of a scenario. 
I, I, I have difficulty standing idly by when this kind of thing goes down. You want a defunded police. There you go. Portland's one of the defunded police departments. Antifa actually marched into Mayor Ted Wheeler's off, or, uh, not office, uh, apartment building, wasn't it? His residence. Yeah, they, they actually tried to burn it down at one point. They <laughs> tried to burn it down. And you know what he did? Because of the safety of his neighbors, you see, that's that was his excuse. Because of the safety of his neighbors, he moved. What about the other people in that building? There was a radio reporter that lived out there. And he was all for Antifa and yeah, burn it down. And yeah, it was it was great. And last May, everything yeah, chanting it on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get those fascist creeps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had an apartment building above a Starbucks. Well, what did they do? Antifa came down that road. They burned out the Starbucks, looted the place, smashed it up. And what does he do? He complains on Twitter about it. And then he goes out and buys a gun for his own safety. Oh, wait a minute. I, I thought that the, these people were heroes. They were they were modern day Paul Revere's. Turns out anarchists are exactly that. Anarchists. They're, they're a problem. They're a menace to society. It's almost like um, they should have been dealt with in the very beginning when all this came rising up and BLM and Antifa were out there protesting like that. What did we say? What did we say? And we weren't the only ones that said it. There were a lot of mainstream commentators out there saying exactly the same thing. What are we doing? Why in the name of God do you not have the military out there putting a stop to this? These people sit up there and they have their commissions and their 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 fake whatever it is they're doing. They're, they're up there crying hell. Give Kinzinger a, a damn Academy Award for that. They're up there arresting people for Lego sets and neck gaiters and tourniquets. You had people, you had animals in the streets last summer killing police officers in cold blood. We saw the videos of it. It was sickening and nothing gets done. I mean, back in 2016, when this first rose up, was it 2014 to 2016 when BLM did the first uh, quote unquote protest and I think it was the, ended up in it was the law George, enforcement getting shot? It was a George Zimmerman thing, wasn't it? Or no, wait a minute. It was the, That's where it started, the Trayvon yeah. Martin thing. And then uh -huh. it went to Charlottesville. Because you had Ferguson as well. Right, Ferguson. The, yeah. the riots down yeah. there. Uh -huh. Yeah. So um, I, I honestly, why didn't we pull the military back then and stamp it out? Insurrection Act, let alone the ones that we had last year, which were worse. But it, it should have been stamped out and the message should have been sent the first time this went down. It made it clear that you don't you you can protest in the U.S., but you don't go and destroy people's livelihoods, buildings, their ability to produce wealth. You don't go and destroy that. It, it, not only that, but it, this is the lifeblood of, of the U.S. You, you can't go in and destroy small businesses and whatnot or, or even corporations. I mean, that's how people earn their living. That's how they earn food, shelter. Well, it's it's also... It's also a, a war on a two-front battleground. You've got physically, they're actually they're out there destroying them. Those are the foot soldiers of the elite. Make no mistake about that. Revolutions cost money. You don't just have a group from the grassroots like that pop up out of nowhere and have all that funding and have all that money to push through all that legislation to have all those curriculums changed around the country and all the school systems and and having all these laws put in place and all this legislation passed all that costs a lot of money don't think that this is a grassroots movement because it's certainly not one of the founders of BLM actually just got thrown out or resigned or or whatever it is because she had five mansions 
multi-million dollar homes. Hell, one of them had an airstrip. And they were looking at a house down in a multi-million dollar house on a celebrity complex down there in the middle of the Caribbean. He's down with the people. Down with the people. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, you're so oppressed. There's an enormous amount of money going through this. Look at Act Blue. Anybody that wants to do a little digging, look at that organization. As a matter of fact, I think if you go to the BLM's website, you can actually click on donate. There's a big donate button up there and it'll take you directly to Act Blue. Bruce is checking it now. That's what it was last time. Yeah, the button's blue and white. Secure.actblue.com. Uh-huh. The people that are out there in the streets that are protesting now, you know, I always make the reference every time I play those videos here and we're describing them to, to you, the listener. I always ask Bruce, Bruce, do you see any businesses being burned out? Do you see any property being destroyed? Do you see any people being beaten up? Do you see those people fighting with each other? Do you see them rounding up on people and ganging up on people and beating their brains out? No, you don't. You see, that's a real grassroots movement. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say that some of those people in there aren't getting funding in one way or another to organize that stuff, of course. That's the way that these things work, unfortunately. But I'm saying that a lot of this corrupt establishment that's financing this war against you, me, and your families, and everyone else that we know to shut us down, they have a vested interest in shutting you down from society, taking you away from businesses based on vaccination status, which isn't even a vaccination. That's going to hurt the business too by making them put that stuff in and say, okay, well, we just want to survive. You're going to go out of business anyway, don't you understand, as the business owner? You are the target. You don't navigate this maze any more than the person receiving the jab does. It's a war on your health. It's a war on your small business. It's a war on your family. It's a war on your way of life. People aren't there yet. I want them to be, but they're not there yet. They're still thinking about, when can I go back on vacation? When can I go back to that restaurant? What kind of car am I going to buy this year? They're still thinking that. The founding fathers of America, they were called traitors, terrorists, bloodthirsty mercenaries, all, all the rest of it, right? Every possible name you could think of at the time. As a matter of fact, you look at some of the newspapers from back then, the British press, I mean, they, they turned these guys into like the worst possible human beings that were walking the face of the earth. They lost everything. They lost their fortunes. They lost their, their homes. They died in poverty, but they died free men. Don't you get it? They risked everything they had. Until you are ready to do that, we don't win this. The ones on the other side that we're going against, they're all in. They've lost everything already. They don't care. You have to be willing to risk these things. You want to put your house up? By the way, you don't own it. Unless you have the deed for it, you don't own it. You want to put your car up? You don't own that either, I hate to tell you. See, they'll get it all one way or the other. To throw in with what you were saying about whether you own it or not, with housing and property and whatnot, I was reading an article here yesterday. Um that was basically going over um, statistics for housing. And because of the moratorium that's being put on, uh, uh, you know, evictions and those kind of things, basically loan forgiveness, if you will, or, or rent forgiveness. But the landowner is not getting any kind of compensation. So they're having to pay for the mortgage or whatever it is, and they're not able to afford it. So they're selling the property. Well, guess who has the money and the ability to get loans at a very low rate to buy it up, corporations. So a lot of the, the properties that are owned by landlords, you know, just the average person, they're selling them off. Oh, kind of interesting that, uh, by the way, they don't have the power or the capacity to say that you can't evict someone without proper litigation. And it's just been the CDC that said you can't evict. Just kind of throwing that out there. 
Well, I think that they're at at the moment they're running on they're running on fear and desperation because that's really about all they've got left at this point. They put up a nice front. I mean, if you listen to guys like Fauci and all the rest of it, they put up a nice front. But what they're really doing, they're running scared. That's what they're doing, uh, and they're just they're they're just desperate. They're, they're grasping at everything they can at this point. But I just want people to get the point into their heads that you don't see an end to this until you're willing to understand what the problem is in the first place. As I said earlier, you don't give up your right to informed consent and trade that off for civil rights. They're putting you in a lose-lose situation because you will, as Benjamin Franklin said, you will deserve and receive neither. You don't give up liberty for the sake of security. It never works. And so you have to ask yourself going forward, what are you willing to risk? All right, that's all I had today. We are a little bit uh, short, but that's okay. Like I said, I'm I'm tired today anyway. You got anything else? No, that, that does it. Okay, so for those of you who have not signed up to our Telegram channel, get over there and get signed up to us. We do put out all of our podcasts we put out here every day. We also put out an exclusive podcast once a week just for our Telegram subscribers. So get over there and get signed up to us. Also, if you'd like to reach out to us, you can do so anytime by dropping us an email at dynamicpodcast at protonmail.com. And we would ask you to pass this along to friends, family, known associates. We are trying to grow, but we do need your help in order to do that. So if you could pass this along, we would appreciate that. We are available everywhere you get your podcast. Also, if you're rating podcast, if you give us a rating when you get a chance, we would appreciate that as well. Five stars would be applause. Thank you very much. All right, that's it for today. Thank you for being here today, Bruce. Thank you to all the listeners. Everyone have a great evening.